Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. And what a blessing that you would be joining me today on Christmas Day. So I'm hopeful and prayerful that your day has been well. And if it is not, this will help it be better. So I have a great guest today, my faithful friend, Dr. Jared Pingleton, who has been on our show several times. And so I'm so excited to have him. Um, He has done a new book called Be Strong and Surrender. And this was with Reverend Philip Dvorak, Dr. Paul Meyer. And so we also have a great forward from Dr. John Townsend. So this is a phenomenal book called Be Strong and Surrender. And one of the reasons I wanted him to be on the show today was just because this kind, this embodies the idea of Christ and the willingness of, of God to come as a baby, as a, as a very small infant, and be strong enough to surrender to the Father's will. And just the life of Christ and how he shows us through his life the, the amount of surrender and humility and vulnerability that he continues to show his world that he loves so much. So I love this book, and I'm excited about it. It is a 30-day process. It's a 30-day recovery guide. And I want to tell you just a little bit about Dr. Pingleton. He, is in a, he has been in clinical practice since 1977. He's been an adjunct professor at several Christian colleges and seminaries and universities. He has uh, many professional affiliations, and right now he is the vice president of the American Association of Christian Counselors. He's also written a book called Making Magnificent Marriages, and I really want to recommend that book to you. I use it in my practice quite a bit. We had him on the show almost a year ago, I believe, or maybe a little less than a year ago, about that particular book. So it is really a great book, and he has a lot of other different things. So I'd like to really introduce to you now Dr. Jared Pingleton. Thank you, Jared, for being here today. Merry Christmas, Cynthia. Thank you for having me be your guest. I appreciate it. Well, it's always a pleasure. So, you know, I wanted to ask you about this book and what, just kind of the impetus of it. How did it come about with these guys and, you know, the idea behind it and what God was really putting on your hearts when you decided to do this? Well, that's a great question, Cynthia. I really give the Lord credit, and um, it's a blessing to have such wonderful friends. We were just speaking one day about some of the challenges we see and experience professionally and clinically, and we just kind of, the Holy Spirit led us to thinking, hey, why don't we create a helpful tool? We're all very practical and pragmatic being clinicians and working with with hurting people. We like stuff that works. I mean, theory's fine, but we we make a lot more progress with tools that make workable sense. And so we said, why don't we create a simple resource that will be a series of three to five page devotionals that will help people in the recovery process. The treatment's great, therapy's wonderful, but people need aftercare as they recover for support and for growth. And so we said, hey, 
there are so many principles we believe biblically and psychologically can be useful for people as they've worked on their journey of recovery, whether it be from addiction or other disorders. And we want to help them be able to not just appropriate and implement these changes they've learned in their growth and their treatment, but really have a sense of success and victory through them. And so that's where the impetus for the book was born. I think that's amazing. And when I have looked through this book and worked through some of it, the reason I think it's so powerful is it really is a lifestyle book. It isn't just if you have something to recover from. I mean, it really is just these great devotions. I mean, you know, we have surrender, idolatry, faith, knowing God, love, your heart, truth, being childlike, serving, care. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's, it hits all the major just formation issues, the spiritual formation issues. It, it really does. That was, that was actually our intent, Cynthia. Spiritual formation is something that was popular 100 years ago, but yes. not so much now. Sadly. Sad, so, I, I think it's making a comeback, though, I hope. I do. I do. Because, you know, when I read the New Testament, it's all about growth, and it's all about maturation. It's all about actually using paradoxes, like our title, to describe and define and determine our, our sense of growth and becoming like Christ. So, yes, I, I think it's perfect on Christmas Day as we honor and celebrate Jesus' birthday to think about the amazing paradoxes of coming from heaven to a cave, from majesty to the mundane, from creator to the most vulnerable creation. That, that is amazing. Say that again. That is a great thought. Well, it's all of the, to me, wonder of Christmas. That's um, probably best summed up in the, a line from my favorite Christmas card, Cynthia. I love Christmas cards. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> and um, this Christmas card on the outside, I remember it so vividly. And then I went and found them and bought a bunch of the next few years to send to, to all of my friends and loved ones. Um, and my wife, uh, Linda, and I uh, just sent out hundreds of these. But it, it said on the outside, he became like we are and you open it up, so we can become like He is. Oh, I love that. I do, too. It's I about redemption. It's, it about, it's about God being with us. It's about the miracle and the majesty of the Incarnation. And to me, that is the joy and wonder of Christmas. And so we really are commanded throughout the Gospels and the Epistles to these incredible paradoxes. I, I love where Jesus says, if you want to be first, go to the end of the line. Right. If you want to be great, be least. If you want to be rich, be poor. If you want to be ruler, be servant. If you want to live, die to yourself. That's a fun one. Or if you want to be strong, get in touch with your weakness. So we see all of these amazing paradoxes, which are antithetical to our flesh. And so we decided to think of how we can grasp the essence of these principles and distill them into a way that can make a difference in people's daily lives, as you said, lifestyle. And so, to me, the greatest of these paradoxes having to do with spiritual and personal and psychological and emotional growth is being strong enough to give up our sense of autonomy and our pride and our will and our sense of wanting to be first and all of the dysfunction that, that gets in the way of our sinfulness. Well, it really um, is going back to the beginning. You know, when you say paradoxes, you know, it, it really is saying, okay, if I want to be great, be least. If I want to be ruler, be servant. Well, if I, if I want to be whole, 
I need to go back to the beginning. To, right. To, you know, so that God can undo and redo all those things that, you know, I'm always telling my clients that, that the world is kind of upside down, inside out, and backwards. And so when we're trying to get ourselves right side up and, you know, the, the inside, you know, being outside of us and stop having our out, you know, our insides be outsides. But, you know, and so that everybody's seeing all the, all the wrong things that we don't want them to be experiencing, that we need to be managing ourselves, you know, and not externalizing everything. And so it's getting ourselves right side up so that we see things in the correct and proper perspective, and so it is a really difficult process to be undoing and redoing, and it can be tiresome. And so I think this book is helpful because there is so much hope in it as well. It, it, you know, when we do this internal work, it, sometimes we can get so discouraged just saying, right. I'll never well, it make it. Yes. <laughs> it's, only, it's not for the faint-hearted, you know. It, it really, right. It's a tough thing to do, and the first one starts with surrender. It really does, and uh, one of my sons is a graphic artist, designed the cover, and he thought of a white flag, and I thought, man, that is just so powerful, because when we say to ourselves and our world, hey, I'm not strong enough to to, to do the, the things I need to do, we see that modeled throughout Scripture, Romans 7 especially, where Paul talks about the evil he doesn't want to do, this he does do, and the good he doesn't want to do, he... That's what it is. He doesn't exactly. do. All those do dos miss me up sometimes. It's about the paradox. The only way we can ever admit to be mature is when we accept our immaturity. The only way to ever become a Christian is to accept that we're not. Well, it's kind of and, the only way to be honest is to to realize how dishonest I can be. Exactly, because that's what's honest is to acknowledge that we lie. Yes, And so those are what are freeing. And yes, I, I, I'm glad you see hope in the book, because that really was our landing goal, was we want the reader to have takeaways. And in every chapter, there are several blank lines following the study with uh, scriptures and psychological assignments given to help people not just say, oh, that's interesting or that's nice, but really chew up the meat swallow it, digest it, and help metabolize it to where it becomes a part of them to change their life. Well, it really is that, you know, you start the book with the same uncle, you know. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have, if any of us have siblings, you know, we know that famous, say uncle. You know, it's like you have to give up so that they let you go. And, and that is a tough thing to do, is to say uncle, it because is. there's a piece of it that we want to take with us every time. Right. I never thought of that until just a second. I'm just free associating here off the top of my head. It's silly, but how come it's so sexist? We never say "aunt." I know. I, you know, I don't know if that's just the the, the male energy is this is, is you know that strength. It's just like yeah. you know, I'm going to take you down, kind of. You know, right, I, I, right. but it is kind of fascinating where the uncle even came. I mean, why not? Why don't we say father? Say father. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but, but in any event, we have to give up in order to grab on to exactly. And that, that's the paradox. So we're coming close to the end of this segment. I can't believe it goes this quickly. And and I want you to be thinking when we come back about some of the, the areas, because this is 30, 30 days. It's a devotional for every single day. And it has all these different um, topics and and concepts. And so when we come back, I'd really like you to talk about maybe some of the ones that were the most inspiring for you as you wrote them, the new things that God revealed to you, or even some of the things that were the most difficult, 
you know, where, mm. where you guys may have stalled out sometimes, because whenever you're writing a book, sometimes you kind of hit, hit the wall, you sure. know. And um, so I think that would be really helpful for people just to get some insight behind you writing this book, because it is quite a, a formative book, and it is probably a lot more daunting um, as you took it on than you realized when you started, I would imagine. Mm. We learned a lot. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad you joined me here on Christmas Day. I want to make sure you come back with us in this next segment as we have Dr. Gerald Pingleton talking about this new book, Be Strong and Surrender. And it really just embodies the life of Christ and the birth of Christ and the hope that he has given his world. So join me again in the next segment, Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful Christmas Day. And I want to make sure that you can always find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's uh, Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated on Facebook. Lots of motivational and inspirational ideas you'll find there. If you ever are needing a uh, keynote speaker, I do a lot of inspirational and motivational speaking and singing. So you can always contact me on the website. That's Cynthia Hyatt. Dot com spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. So today, if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Jared Pingleton with us, who is a friend of our show. He's been on quite a few times, and he is currently the vice president of the American Association of Christian Counselors. We had him before when he talked uh, originally on his book, Making Magnificent Marriages, and it is a great book. I use it in my practice quite frequently. And he has come out with a new one called Be Strong and Surrender with his friends, uh, Reverend Philip Dvorak, Dr. Paul Meyer, and himself. And Jared, thank you so much again for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Well, and we talked, you know, we kind of talked during the break about, you know, when, when people are writing a book, they kind of can sometimes stall out or find brand new inspirations. So this this book is 30 days, and each day is a particular topic. And we were talking about the one surrender in the earlier segment. So what, what were some of the ones that were the most inspirational or, or the most difficult when you guys were writing this? Good question. We, we kind of brainstormed. We sat down together and just in, individually came up with what we thought would be 30 topics that are key to recovery and health and healing. And amazingly, we had an incredible sense of synergy, uh, almost a, a unanimity among the three of us as to the 30 topics. So we, we decided to take a look at internal life much more than external symptoms or circumstances. And so we, we went deep, and we thought that's going to be most helpful for people. Um, one of the topics that I think is, is a crucial, almost self one for many people in our sophisticated, technologically oriented society is the notion of idolatry. It's an mm. old-fashioned term we never speak of. We think, you know, an idol's a little carved, chubby guy whose head we rub as we walk by or something. But right. I believe we have more idols now than we've ever had in, in history. I, I think our idols are a lot more slick and sophisticated and subtle and serious than we typically make them out to be. But to me, I think um, 
idolatry and addiction is almost synonymous. And so I believe all addictions are idols and all idols are addictive. And so therefore I take a look at how it is that um, we define idolatry functionally. And to me, it's anything or anyone that comes in between me and God is my idol. And so all of those, as I said, are addictive. So we, we took an extensive look at that. Um, we, we look at some key spiritual foundational principles like faith. How, how does that really get internalized? How do we, how do we have a, a sense of belief in the midst of our doubt and our fear that transcends our circumstances to really connect us with God? Um, we took a look at, at things like character traits, um, courage, humility. Those are, are virtues that um, again, in our culture, we don't talk much about uh, self-respect. How do we generate that after we've gone through such um, difficult or drastic trauma or tragedy that we're trying to recover from? Um, we take a look. Uh, I think one of the most important things is character. And so character development, particularly when we've been wounded deeply or we've had great struggles, is very difficult to do. And so I, I, I really think our sense of character is, is so very important so that we can cultivate a sense of Christ-like identity. Um, that's a, that's a one, tough one. That's not one that I, I'm glad you brought that up because we don't really focus on that. And it used to be that that was a part of child development, you know, mm-hmm. when we were teaching mm-hmm. virtues of honesty right, and goodness right. and courtesy and timeliness. And we kind of got away from that because I, I think my my assumption is that a lot of the way that parenting occurred with virtues is it was shaming. You know, you were a good kid or a bad kid. Right, right. And And we tend to gripe or groan about our circumstances many times. And so what my point was in this chapter on character is to look at it as the fact that God is more concerned about cultivating Christ-like character in us than he is about creating creaturely comforts for us. Or, ju- or just I good behaviors, that good behaviors don't necessarily indicate mm-hmm. good character. Absolutely. So we talk about those kind of virtues, then some practical, fun- functional kinds of things about guarding our heart. What does that mean, and how do we do it? Uh, we're, we're told in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, and those are big words, by the way. They're not very long, but they're very huge words. Above all else, more important than anything, guard your heart. And so we're not left with much of a prescription as to how to do that. So we tried to boil that down and break that down to look in a very practical way. What does that mean? So, then we tried to take a look at inspiring people to their faith about being redeemed. What, what does redeemed mean, and what's it look like, and how do you cultivate that? Um, spiritual submission, internalization of godly wisdom, those kinds of things. Forgiveness, oh, that one's just huge. <laughs> and then uh, we, we concluded it with a chapter, um, which I, I think is, is really vital, on spiritual warfare. And what does that look like, how to, how to take a stand, how to deal with what I call the dastardly, dirty deeds and diabolic, deceptive devices of the devil. <laughs> um, Try to have some fun with some words to lighten it up. But we have a very real uh, adversary, and so kind of giving people some preparation and some heads up, so to speak, about here's what you can expect in recovery, because when we go through the hard work of healing, we're always going to get 
opposition and resistance from the adversary who hates us and doesn't want our growth or transformation to take place. And so here's what to expect, here's what to anticipate, and here's how to address it. Well, I love these Ds. You know, you have the the enemy distracts, diverts, discourages, defeats, devours, destroys. Yeah. That's powerful. And they're just, they're, they're progressive. You know, he, he starts with something rather simple and ends up with his goal of, of destroying us utterly. But we have one that came to give us life and have it to the full, and that's what, that's what we want to help people really live their lives for and with and in and to. Well, I think that's very helpful. Now, we're coming to the, the half hour. I can't believe it's gone this fast again. So, Jared, please give us how to get a hold of you and how to get a hold of this book before we end this segment. Okay, sure. Thanks, Cynthia. My email is jared.pingleton at net. That's J-A-R-E-D dot P-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N at net. And the book is available at Amazon and many other places um, called Be Strong and Surrender, a 30-Day Recovery Guide. Thank you. I think, I think this is so helpful. And I really want to reiterate this idea to our listeners that this is certainly a recovery guide, but as Christians, we need recovery. It isn't just recovering from something. It is actually recovering the true nature that God has intended for us to live out. And so it is a great devotional for anyone, and it's applicable in all, in all areas. So I really want to recommend to you listeners that you look at this book and that you consider using this as a 30-day devotional. So we're coming again to the end of the hour. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next half hour as we talk more about just this amazing process that God has for us and this gift at Christmas that he gives us when it comes to wholeness and health. Again, it's Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, KPXQ Faith Talk, 1360. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me on such a special day, Christmas Day. And I have a great guest with me today, a friend of ours, a friend of our show. This is Dr. Jared Pingleton. He is Vice President of American Association of Christian Counselors and has been in clinical practice since 1977. He has lots of great resources and books he has written. And we have him today talking about his new book, Be Strong and Surrender. And I just thought it would be a great Christmas gift to really help us look forward to a week from now, which is the new year, and how to start our new year and have our new year be the year that God has called it to be. So, Jared, thank you again for joining us. My pleasure, Cynthia. Merry Christmas again to all of our listeners today. Yes, thank you. You kind of touched uh, on this idea on the when we were talking off air about how difficult Christmas Day can be and that you may have some helpful words and some thoughts for us on a day like this. Cynthia, I'm so aware as a clinical psychologist and as a minister that this day, which is to be the happiest day of all, say some of the Christmas carols, actually leave us a lot closer many times to bah humbug than fa-la-la or ho-ho-ho. There's no other holiday in the calendar where we're sort of expected to experience a certain human emotion that is happiness or merry or joy. And the truth is many times People are grieving, people are hurting, people are lonely, people are lost, people are envious, people are jealous, people are um, 
uh, feeling that that sense of loneliness from from a death or a divorce. And when the circumstances are incongruent with the expectation, many times the prescription is depression. And the reality is, ironically, you're talking about a book on addiction recovery, more people get drunk on Christmas than every other day exactly. of the year. Exactly. And, so, and I, I get that. I understand that. And I think what we must do is help people not focus on the circumstances. To me, Christmas isn't about how much tinsel is on the tree or how many presents are under it. it it's about being able to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And we can say with integrity, with a straight face and a sincere heart to someone who is grieving, who just lost their loved one, who is lonely, who is struggling, who is going through bankruptcy or a horrible addiction, or their circumstances are the opposite of what they've ever wanted. We can say with integrity, you can celebrate Jesus' birthday today. And I really want to give listeners that power, that strength, that hope, because that's what's healing. Many times, especially when our circumstances are the most hard and horrible, is when we need to celebrate something and someone outside of and greater than ourselves. And I believe being able to celebrate the Christ child in his majesty, in his glory, yet with his humility, that we see this little baby born to this teenage girl and this blue-collar laborer in such humble circumstances that is the answer to all of life's problems. And I, I love the, the wonderful song, Mary, Did You Know? Yes, that yes. When she kisses that little baby, she's kissed the face of God. The son that she delivered would soon deliver her. I love the beauty and the power of the paradoxes of Jesus' birth and Christmas. I think that's beautiful. And, it, and it's really recognizing that every year this day comes, that we can have a new year, a new birth in our own life. Yes. And that yes. we can really say that, wow, this is how Jesus came as an example of starting at the beginning and growing up. And that's what Jesus did. And he gives us this opportunity to really go back to the beginning of who we are and, yes. and be allowed to grow up again. Even if last year is terrible, we get a new year. And we I get would to... say especially if last year was yes. terrible. Yes. To me, the magic and the miracle of Christmas is he came to set captives free. Absolutely. He came to give sight to the blind. He came to release prisoners, and there are so many, many prisons in which we live, particularly when we're dealing with addiction or other loss from which we need to recover. Even our and expectations. It's good news. It's yes. the best news. I, I, that is, that's, I think that's one of the main things I want us to focus on today, is that so many times our, our prisons are our expectations of ourselves and others, and that we can have great expectation on God. And, yes. and we can continue to expect great things from him. And he never fails us. He never fails us. Even if you have felt failed by God, I want you to reconsider who he really is and that he came to give us life, even if we can't experience it, even if we can't see it, even if we've never felt it. But we do have hope today. And like your book says, it's being strong enough to surrender, and that's what Jesus did. And so even if today, if the only thing we can do today is to surrender to our circumstances and say, we need a new beginning, maybe that's, all, that's what we've got. Amen. So we're here again at the end of this segment, and we have one more segment to go. So listeners, I want to encourage you to make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com if you have not been able to hear the show in its entirety, and you can listen to the podcast. It's also on iTunes 
uh, many other the 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 um, uh, the um, different options out there with podcasts. So make sure that you look for that and join us back in this next segment with Dr. Jared Pinkleton. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. I'm so glad you're joining me today. It is a very special day, and it is Christmas Day. So thank you for joining me on this very auspicious day. And I'm praying that your day went well. And if it hasn't, I'm knowing that this show may bring some hope and some healing to you today. I have a special guest with me, Dr. Jared Pingleton. He's been a guest before on our show, so we appreciate his friendship. And he has a new book that is called Be Strong and Surrender. He is currently the vice president of American Association for Christian Counselors, and he has been in clinical practice since 1977. And has uh, one of his one of my favorite books that he has written called Making Magnificent Marriages. So he has quite an assortment and an array of help for us. And he is here today talking about this devotional that they have, have created, him, uh, his friend, uh, Reverend Philip Dvorak and Dr. Paul Meyer. They created this book, and it is a 30-day recovery book, but it is also what I have found to be a great devotional for all of us. Because it speaks on all the virtues and spiritual formation of just the the person that God is wanting really to create us to be, but to also recapture who he originally created us to be. So, Jared, thank you again for being, and this is our last segment. So I want to make sure the listeners know how to get a hold of you and the book, and then we'll we'll just complete the show today. Uh, Thank you again, Cynthia. It's a delight to be with you. Merry Christmas to all those that may have tuned in later. and certainly to you. Um, my email is jared.pingleton at aacc.net, and the book is available at Amazon and fine bookstores everywhere. Wonderful. So, you know, we have this last segment, and I want people to, I really want to make sure people understand that even though this is spiritual formation, it's recovery, it's transformation, a lot of times we want to shy away from that stuff because we just go, oh, I can't take on another burden of just trying to fix myself. So I want to encourage you listeners to understand this is very doable. These are short little chapters. They're daily things. And it's written in a very gracious and supportive way. And so, Jared, I I really like the writing style of it. It's simple, but it's still very complex. And it's very deep, but it doesn't feel heavy. So right. I think that's really helpful. And and we have all these different topics. You you do pride. You do speaking, which I think is really important for us in our social media time. We have struggles. We have self-respect. We have being redeemed. We have silence. That's another huge biggie for us in our world. Silence is a difficult one to manage. So, Especially on radio, dead air is I, terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No kidding. <laughs> so I have a tendency sometimes to fill it up with a lot of words, and I'm like, maybe I should have just been silent, you know? Uh, so, so talk a little bit about these two, this one speaking and the one about silence and what that's about in terms of just health and, and well-being. Sure. Well, silence is a virtue about which we speak very little, and it really has to do with shutting out the noise. We have so many distractions and things in our worlds that keep us from experiencing uh, God in a deep way, to know that he's God, Psalm 4610, we need to, to still ourselves and um, be able to have that deep sense of identity 
and communion with God. I think so much of our prayer is a soliloquy or a one-way conversation. We don't listen because we're not silent. Um, the other side of that, of course, in speaking, we take a look at Proverbs 18.21, where the tongue has the power of life and death. What we say matters. Words really, really matter. The Word spoke the world into existence. Yes, exactly. So words matter greatly, um, and yet out of the same mouth comes, as Scripture says many times, both cursing and blessing. And so what we did was try to take a look at these impactful things that come from our speech and how to find ways to submit those to the Lord and to do repair work for injuries that we have been um, suffering about from the little lie we were told when we were a lot shorter, what sticks and stones will do, the words never do. Uh, Verbal abuse is obviously very destructive. So we we just try to, as you said, go deep, but make it... um, Palatable. I'm reminded at this time of year, of course, of, of very rich foods, which I, I love desserts. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, so I'm do, yes, I do. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not addicted. I can quote any time. But like fudge, you know, a couple of free bites of something very rich is is enough. And so that's why we tried to take the, the very deep, rich topics, but cap them at three to five pages so that people could um, be hopefully stimulated to go deeper on their own. We give them opportunities to do that with some uh, follow-up exercises at the end of every chapter where there is opportunity to reflect and internalize and apply and write out their own growth in a journal-like fashion. We guide them to be able to land it, each topic, and appropriate it in their own life. Well, I I want you to expand a little bit more on this idea of speaking because Sometimes, you know, it reminded me of this idea when you said about the sticks and stones will break my bone, but words can never hurt me. And what a misnomer that is. A, a lie. That's a, it's just actually a lie. Right. I would, sometimes right. I'd rather be, someone be physically hitting me. I heal quick, more, more quickly from, yes. from a bruise than I do from the words that resonate year after year after year after year. And so, you know, the other, the other issue of the words that are spoken to us is then what we speak to ourselves and that internal yeah. talk. So talk a little bit about that. You know, as a psychologist, the power of self-talk and how, I mean, I, I talk to clients frequently and I'm like, would you ever speak to somebody else the way you speak to yourself? Yeah. It's brutal what we can yeah, say to ourselves. big, stupid dummy or you, yes. you know, idiot or those or kinds fat, of... Or fat, ugly, <clears throat> loser. Yes. I, I mean... These terrible things, and, and I don't think people really get how powerful that is to our whole sympathetic nervous system, our whole our immune system, our, our spiritual life, and what that then means as to how we represent ourselves to the world and how we interact well, with each other. And how we represent ourselves to our Father, our yes, Creator. Yes, that's great, well, yes. One paragraph in that section that we bring out is that we have the unique honor of being God's image bearers. Therefore, to treat other people or ourselves with contempt or to treat ourselves like the, the stuff we scrape off the bottom of our shoes is to create, um, excuse me, is to treat God's own image with contempt. So when we put ourselves down, it really does insult our Creator. And so what we do is we take a look at the fact that there are hundreds of verses in Scripture that talk about self-talk and what we speak to others, the power of the tongue. James says it's the most powerful part of the body. And so it is. Uh, Proverbs speaks more about speaking and doing that well and correctly and healthfully to give hope and help and healing that 
the tongue of the wise, the tree of life, or refreshing, and all of these positive things that we need to transform it into being as we submit our heart to God, because Jesus said it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So really, it's not so much about our tongue as it is, oh, 12 to 15 inches deeper, <laughs> our heart, Absolutely. where we really have a look at, at developing, again, a Christ-like identity, a Christ-like mindset, a Christ-like attitude, which results in Christ-like actions. I think it's so difficult, you know, to rein in the way we think about ourselves and toward ourselves and the way we talk about ourselves, because we're taught mm. so early on to not think more highly of ourselves. Right. And so it... it feels kind of confusing, I think, for people to understand, you know, that we're not talking about just self-aggrandizing. We're not, you know, we're yeah, talking not. about telling ourselves the truth about ourselves. And giving that sense of blessing. Dr. Yes. Meyer, who, who is the preeminent Christian psychiatrist in the history of the world, he's written <laughs> over a hundred books. We were very honored to do this with him. Dr. Meyer, in that one chapter, Cynthia, that you, just to your point, speaks about the fact that when he was 12 years old, this sweet elderly lady in his church took him aside one day and says, Paul, I, do, I see greatness in you. I believe God is going to use you mightily as you grow into an adulthood if you submit your heart to him. And oh, is she prophetic and predictive. That's amazing. He, he is the most accomplished Christian psychiatrist, and many call the, the father of Christian psychology, and on planet Earth in, in his history. But he attributes it to the fact that that didn't give him a big head. It inspired his heart when she said those powerful words to him. And his father was a simple carpenter, Paul's dad. But she said to him, I see that God has got great things in store for you. And so he did. See, I think that's amazing. You know, many times I tell clients, and I remind myself, when Jesus says, that, then you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so I say to people, if you're telling yourself the truth and it's a negative thing, it still will set you free. So if I confront myself on idolatry or, you know, I'm I'm not speaking correctly or whatever, whatever that may be, addictions or um, whatever the issue may be, if I'm speaking the truth to myself, then it still is freeing. It's not condemning. So if I speak to myself untruths, it will always bind me up. And so when I say to clients, you know, the truth sets you free. So if you say to yourself, you know, I'm really good at doing this and you feel freedom, it's because it's the truth. So it isn't about minimizing or denying or self-aggrandizing. It's simply telling yourself the truth. And so I say to clients, if you're talking to yourself that way and you're feeling more condemned and more discouraged and more oppressed, then it must not be true. Absolutely. And or we're believing lies. Absolutely. when we believe the, the words of our adversary, maybe spoken through loved ones that are so right. impactful, um, parents especially, or others that we try to derive our sense of identity, worth, and personhood from that, that do speak death instead of life. And our shame, our trauma, our feelings of failure or inadequacy or inferiority that plague us can, can rehearse those lies. And so that's why, again, I believe having a sense of being inspired by little vignettes and true life stories like Paul shared, and we all three share different stories that have impacted our lives in, in ways for the glory of the kingdom, not to ourselves, but 
Those are things that are liberating, and they're transformational, because here's what I believe above all else, that God is a loving God of redemption, Cynthia. He delights in this. He delights in transforming blessings out of our brokenness. I think that's amazing. It, it really is about truth. And, and when we have people that struggle with addictions or have struggled with sin, and they are, are finally safe enough to tell the truth about their condition, they always feel free. And so truth is always manageable, no matter how bad you think the truth is. Condemnation is never manageable. It just, it just buries us. And so I think this book is, is a, great, a great way to be able to really walk in the truth and know the truth of you, the truth of God, the truth of Christ. And so, you know, we're, we have two more minutes to go. I cannot believe it went this fast. So, Jared, thank you so much for being here on this, this, very, this very special day and sharing some of this with us. So what, what would some of your parting words be? What would you like the listeners to, to know? Well, that last point, I think, that regardless of the, the, the horrible things the adversary reminds us of, we need to grasp to the fact that our Creator loves us and redeems us. One little line I know is a preacher's, line that I love, nonetheless, I've heard many times is this, when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. Because it's not about us, it's about <laughs> our, our glorious Redeemer who was born on Christmas Day, who came as the Lion of Judah uh, in such humble circumstances to redeem us from our sin and from the impact of other sin on us. But I do want people to go away this Christmas with this thought, that God wants to redeem you, and that means to restore and replenish and, and rejuvenate, and that He delights in bringing blessings out of our brokenness. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, we are at the end of our show. Thank you very much, Dr. Pingleton, for being with us today. And you can reach him at jared.pingleton at acc.net. And make sure you look for his book, Be Strong and Surrender, on Amazon.com and many of the other uh, book resources. And have a blessed Christmas and know that you are deeply loved and very valued and that God has a new life for you every day. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and have a blessed, blessed day. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.